Hello and welcome to Plot Trist. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're breaking down the Bridgerton theories and upcoming speculation with the lit wallflowers. So thank you so much, Tony and Wendy, for joining us. We can't wait to talk about everything we got right and mostly really what we got wrong. And speculate baselessly on what we may be expecting in seasons two through eight-ish, maybe? Two through question mark. Right. <laughs> we heard your episode. I know that you didn't like what they did with Colin. Um, but he's a little baby, so. He's... I, one of the things I'm hoping they clarify in season two, and Meg and I have had this conversation a ton, so I won't, like, beat it to death, but I'm kind of confused at some of their ages. Yes. So Because Daphne was three years younger than she was supposed to be, but Daphne and Eloise were clearly closer in age than they were in the books, and so, like, I'm not quite sure how old all the boys are. So it, it sounds like Colin just got out of university. So he's 21, 22 at the most. Which is way younger than he ever was in the book. But that like kind of, and then I was thinking that it kind of brought a perspective on like how he has this intuition that people really like each other because he already went through it. So I think that's like, they're just setting it up to like, he knows what longing stares and those emotions are because he had his heart broken right out of university. So, like, so you're I saying they're, they're setting him up to be the, the matchmaker that he is. <laughs> right, right. So I think that's their way of doing it because it's just kind of like, okay, so the youngest out of the three is the one, you know, like it, there's like no context reading because like, we know because we read it. But like, so I think that's how they're setting that up. But we'll see. I mean, he might be gone the entire time because he's off in Greece now, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just worried. And again, well, Lane and I have talked about this a lot. <laughs> I'm just worried that he's going to, well, not him specifically, but I, I feel like there's going to be some major drama between him and Penelope because he's, I mean, obviously he finds out that she's Lady Whistledown because we know, because we read the yeah. book. Yeah. But is he going to be like, you outed Marina? You're such a, you know, yeah. Oh, that's bitch. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think to, so I think there's so much love for Colin and Penelope, and that's why they spent so much time developing Eloise and Benedict in mm -hmm. this season, because, you know, I, you guys are not the only one that don't prefer Benedict, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, there was a part, I don't know if you caught it in episode three or four when they're like smoking, and mm -hmm. she, um, uh, she saw her his drawings in the fireplace or whatever, and he was like, he was like, "Are you spying on me?" She was like, "You'd actually have to be interesting for one to spy on you." I was like, "Did they take? Did they listen to Megan Lane's episode?" <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I because, was look, that's so not. I, that's the issue. That's the issue with everyone who's not Anthony. It's like, what? How? What's their character? You know. Right. So I think that's the... Like, I, like, overall, I think they made all of the relevant of age siblings better, mm -hmm. except Colin. I'm, yeah. like, I'm, I get what you're saying, that it might be moving in the right direction, but I thought Anthony was better developed. I thought Benedict was better developed. I thought Daphne was better developed. I thought Eloise was better developed. I thought the other three were too young to matter. Yeah. But, like, Colin, I think, is the only one who didn't seem like a better version of his book self. And you're yeah. right, he's younger, he's all of that, but, like, I was just disappointed that he's the one they kind of fucked with. 
I think because the fandom is so like he could do no wrong, right? Like he literally could have done anything this episode, this season, and everyone would be like, Colin, you know. So I think that they, <laughs> he took a lot of creative liberties. Yeah. With them. So he they, was just dumb, though. Like he was so dumb. <laughs> he was a little young, sweet baby angel boy. I was twenty-one. I was not that stupid. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, whatever, we'll see. I, I didn't love it, but I'm not going to stop watching, you know? Oh, God, no. This was, like, one of the prettiest shows I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 for sure. Loved it. Um, like, I, we've been saying this, but we've been telling people we have a podcast, <laughs> two podcasts that are about historical romances, and they give us this face, like, <laughs> good for you, I'll you know, like, like, an avocado, like, that's <laughs> nice, you know, and then now, like, our phones are, like, blowing up, and it's, like, so weird, it's, it's awesome, but it's so weird, and I don't know if you guys saw, but, um, this version of, of, um, of, uh, Duke and I, like, the hardcover is going for $700 on eBay. It's so crazy. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you better not sell me. No, I won't. No, I wouldn't. It's gonna be worth more later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. So it's on eBay. I actually have it. But this copy, the hardcover with the step back, is going for seven hundred dollars on eBay. The entire Bridgerton, like there's some people that are selling the whole like series and mm. it's like it's for like four to five hundred dollars for the whole series. It's but I mean it's, it's wild. Yeah. So there's this thing called a library. <laughs> no, I th they said everything is like out. Avon yeah. is completely sold out. Um, they're having to like reprint. It's like create like Julia Quinn says she because she goes to the university bookstore a lot. She says she had to pull books from her own like stash, stash to fill because there's just a, a complete shortage of her books right now. Which is I I never thought I would see this. Duke and I is number one on the New York Times bestselling list. Number seven is The Viscount Who Loved Me. And I think 11 or 13 is Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. So, I mean, people are just, they're just going, yeah. they really are going for the series. So. I just was laughing because also on Apple, To Sir Philip With Love is trending. And then I was like, so no one cares about Benedict. <laughs> That's, it's hilarious to me that all the boys, like the, the first one, the second one, the fourth one. <laughs> It's like one, two, and then four, and then five is trending, and then no one is like number three is it's not nowhere. anywhere on there. I was, I was, I was dying. <laughs> oh my gosh, poor Benedict. I, I loved him so much more in He's the so series. Awesome. He was a He's great right. character. Yes, he was, and that I think like just remember listening to your your guys's episode. It's just like he all of the depth and everything that you said that they kind of that you wished they pulled out more for him or gave him like, cause you were like, I remember you were saying that, um, that this whole art thing, like why didn't he lean into that more? And the next thing you know, he's in galleries, you know? So yeah. like, I love that it's season one. He's, he's, he's finding himself and. You're and starting you, with the art. Yeah, and exactly. And yeah. I love it. I, I love it. So yeah. Well, they and they're making it more than just like, he's bored. They're making it like, he really feels like he fits in with this part of society he's theoretically restricted from. Like, yeah. it's more than just, I'm bored and I'm not my brother. It's, yeah. I found my kindred spirits, but they are below me socially, and how do I reconcile that? Like, that's an actual conflict. Well, and I'm hoping he's going to be like, I don't believe in the institution of marriage, Sophie. Why do you want to 
you know, what does it matter if we have a contract that we sign? Like, that's what I'm hoping it's going to be instead of- What are the odds- Obviously, you have to be my mistress, you know? What are the odds Madame Delacroix's name is Sophie? Okay, so I did want to discuss that with you guys um, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the season, she went to France- Which we know she's not French. Which we know she's not French. So I was like, did she just run away? Like it, it would, you know, and then she's going to come back with this shorter hair and then all, Benedict won't recognize her. I mean, but, I, would, I would love it. I think it would be great. That she, said, all the Benedict stands out there, like I've said it to a few people and they're like, no, no, they're, yeah, we need no. Sophie. <laughs> We've been calling them the shipwreckers, Marina, <laughs> Sophie, and, and Sienna. Uh, Sienna. Yes. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> Sienna did not wreck the ship. No, 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 no. He, she didn't. But you can tell there's more to their story. It's going to come. She really likes Sienna. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love that, that in the end, what she told him, she's like, Perfect. you're a loss of shit. I'm not trying to be successful because of you. And it's not just she, he's lost. It's that, like, he's going to marry someone who can be a Viscountess. Yeah. She doesn't want that life and would yeah. never be accepted in that life. Like, better to call it off now than wait for him to try and make her into something she's not like yeah, it's yeah. so pragmatic and well done yeah for sure yeah. not another a promise yeah that's not gonna happen yeah mm-hmm. well and i'm already but i <laughs> i'm already thinking about the scene where kate's hiding in the study mm-hmm. like it's already going to be 10 times better because we have we know what's going through anthony's mind because in in the book, you know, he's like, oh, she was listening to me talk to this person. But now it's going to be like, oh, she was listening to me, like, rip my heart out. I you think know? his, and, and frankly, him deciding he's going to marry the youngest ingenue, whatever he can find, as a reaction to my heart has been broken. I no longer believe in love, but I know I need to discharge my duty. Oh, and by the way, I'm traumatized to be close to people because of my dead dad is such a better arc than I have picked this arbitrary age and I'm going to be mean to everyone about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are yeah. you okay? <laughs> I'm going to be mean to everyone about it. <laughs> Tell me where is the lie? <laughs> He's not mean to his family. Okay. All the women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think, so, okay. The, the opening episode, and it was like Lady Featherington, Lady Cowper, and then there was this other lady that's cat, and her credit was Judgy Mama. Do you think she's Sophie's stepmom? She could be. If I had to wager, they haven't decided yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> true, true, true. There's like three females that were like, Repet- it could be them. Yeah, like, yeah. Really. And she's one of them. Yeah. The other one was two blonde women. women yeah. yeah. But I hope they don't go that route, though. Yeah. Just who, to throw us off. Okay, so who do you think is taking over the Featherington estate? Oh, we have a, oh, okay, we have a, um, we have a speculation, huge speculation. We think it's John, John Sterling. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> we God. think it's Marina's dad. Yeah. Could be. Because she's a distant, they're distant cousins. Cousin. Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense. But we were like, wait, John moves in. He's really young. They're, you know, he meets Francesca. Like, 
Yeah. And then Francesca doesn't have to go out to Scotland because clearly with the show, they made a reason for Daphne and Simon to come back. Like they want to keep the show centered in London. Right. So instead of John being a Scottish Earl, he's like, cause the Featheringtons weren't aristocrats. They were just high society in the books. So yeah. the fact that they've chosen to give the Featheringtons a title at all makes me think it's somebody who was titled in the books, but whose title is changing. Hmm. That makes sense. Well, they're not going to have I mean, titles anymore. <laughs> We're probably 100% wrong, but it would be cool, though. But they have <laughs> they to introduce John in the next two seasons. Right. Yeah. He has to come in at least the very latest um, season three. Right. If, yeah. And if he's, like, young and he's like, yeah, of course you guys can stay here because, you know, he's it's really nice. They take over the house. Oh, no, hello. They can't move the house. Yeah. It has to yeah. stay within that family. Right. And they have to, like, the Featheringtons have to stay there, too. But what if he's like, oh, I want to invite you guys to stay. Well, yeah, and that's probably their London house, not their estate. Did they tell us where the Feathering estate is? Featherington estate is? It could be Scotland. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, they all have, you know, the reddish hair. British that's true. Hair. That's true. But the only other tips we talked about for Featheringtons were the Irish ones because of her costume. Mm. Mm. This is not based on anything other than there are eight kids in this family. They <laughs> all need a spouse and they have to find a way to get some of them in before they're actually their featured season. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it's sort of in, I, I feel like anybody, the odds that they're creating any totally new characters feel low. Yeah. And Marina's dad would be a totally new character. True. But that's like, that's not to say they couldn't. It's not to say anything's like, I have no real information. I just think they got to get John in soon. Yeah. This is an opportunity to do it and keep him in London. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, point, yeah, I think I think this next season is going to have Eloise and Francesca come out at the same time, um, just to to set that story arc up a little. Francesca bit. seemed so young. Yeah, because yeah. Eloise was clearly like seventeen, and Francesca seemed like thirteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she seemed young, but I if they keep my thing is if they keep to the age, they're only like a year apart exactly. Um, and because Eloise doesn't want to be out in society, so they're gonna hold her back. Yeah. So she, they said that um, she's staying back for a year. So let's say she is seventeen-ish right now. Well, because Daphne's eighteen, she can't be older than Daphne. Yeah. So she's let's say she's seventeen. Eloise waits till she she's eighteen. So Francesca's sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. So they just instead of doing the big gap between Daphne and Eloise, because to me it looks like just based on who they cast, they yeah. changed the big gap from between Daphne and Eloise to between. Eloise and Francesca, but they could have changed it between Francesca and Gregory. Like, yeah. I mean, it they has to be between. I feel like it has to be between Benedict and Colin because Benedict looked like he was thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, like the baby Hyacinth still needs to be ten yeah. because she needs. Like they've established that Lady Bridgerton was pregnant when her husband died, so right. the, the gap. Like I'm sure they moved the older ones around too. But in order to keep Hyacinth 10, there's got to be a big gap somewhere that there wasn't in the books. Yeah. yeah. Probably between Francesca and Gregory. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because just the actress they cast to play Francesca yeah. looked significantly younger than the actress they cast to play Eloise. Yeah. So do you guys think they're going to recast Francesca? That's, that was our speculation as to why she was off in Bath for like the entire season. Um... I think not. Yeah. I think, I think, 
that? I'm Googling how old the actress is. Ruby. Stokes. No, the Ruby is 20. 20, okay. So, okay, yeah, they could not recast her and just age her up. Like, obviously, they all look younger to me on the show than they are in real life. Yeah, it's the bangs. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, like, Daphne's bangs are, like, right here. Like, they were cute. Those were cute little bangs. I kind of wanted to pull them, though. Like... <laughs> I don't, were that, is that really, those bangs seemed modern. Yeah. I feel like those itty bitty bangs are very trendy. I mean, yes, but there was a big, no one, they never show it, but there was a big um, short hairstyle back then too. Maybe it came back. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm well, fine. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Eloise and Francesca are going to come out at the same time and, and it would definitely make sense if John is the one who takes over. Yeah. I, I just feel like if he's present, but in the background, you know, yeah. like not, not a major player, but just sort of yeah. goes to the balls and maybe dances with Francesca and they start a, an attachment. Cause they, well, and that would really, also create really conflict in that somebody associated with the Featheringtons is once again, seducing a Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. And so like the Featherington Bridgerton drama can continue. Like it does establish some stuff that wasn't in the books, but at least would make for compelling TV. Yeah. yeah, and there's this lady that in the when during the presentation of court, Lord Featherington is talking to her, and she's a redhead. And we just recorded an episode, and I was like, I feel like that's um, John or Michael Sterling's mom, because mm. she's like you see her a lot in in and there's this and in the the end of episode one as well too. Simon, when he says presum presumptuous mamas, before it pans to Cressida, it pans to that lady again it, with the red hair. So we, I had said that I feel like that's John or Michael's mother, and that would make sense because they're talking at the presentation of court mm -hmm. thing, and then now he's, they're the distant relative, right? Yeah. That's cool. So I, I think that makes sense. I, I do think you're on to something. You clearly watched a lot more closely than we did in terms of the background characters, but I do think that the odds that someone we saw in passing this season ends up being significant for the same reason we discussed earlier with John, like there aren't enough hours and scenes for them to introduce everyone they need to, if they're going to introduce side characters all the time Yeah, that are yeah. new to the show. So I think that's a like really good speculation that someone they spent that much time focused on is somebody we need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just having fun with us. Yeah. They hate us. Which so. is also complete like they're they're just gonna do yeah. something totally different yeah for, <laughs> sure. for sure and like the the fandom went like super crazy the other day because kvh casting is looking for who casted the whole bridgerton series is mm -hmm. looking for a half indian half caucasian female full indian female to play roughly the ages of edwina and kate so everyone just kind of was like, holy shit, like they're casting. And it said filming was going to, they needed to be available from February to September. So it, who even knows if it's Bridgerton, but yeah, it's just very coincidental that they're casting the two daughters. And we mm -hmm. said that we think that um, Mary is already, like you said, already somewhere in the show and we're not noticing. That'd be nice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, was like, um, like tweeting their favorite Indian actress and was like, apply, apply, apply. So it was, it was really awesome to see. I forgot what day it was, but like that's all that Twitter had was like, was like, 
did you see this? I'm like, you would fit. They like, you know, like, <laughs> you're a little old, but you can play a younger <laughs> <laughs> Look, the woman playing Penelope is 34. Yeah, yeah. So. That's what they were saying. They're like, you can look young too. I was like, the whole day, that's all that, that, that Twitter was saying. So it was really cool. No, that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. If it's not for Bridgerton, we just help them <laughs> for another. Else, yeah. I feel like they've already casted her because everybody in this season went through six months of Regency training. So for them to cast them in February and then start filming in March seems a little... They cast her and then she has to go straight to... Yeah, filming. So would the ages make sense for Sophie and her family? Could they be casting season three already? I feel like maybe they're casting season three. Like maybe that's um, Rosamond and Posey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or Sophie, who knows? But yeah, I, I just, I just... But who knows, maybe when they say available February to September, meaning, like, you're going to have to train for this amount right. of time. Who knows? Right, because that would be a roughly six-month training period. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Do you think they're going to do eight seasons, one a year? So, Chris Van Dusen basically hinted that that's what he wants. Like, he was in an interview, and he said that, if I could have my way, every single Bridgerton sibling will have their own season. And, and they do it once a year, not like twice a year to get it done. I think they're going to probably have to film some like overlapping because with COVID and, and stuff again, like, yeah, they're going to have to, because if it's, if we get a season every other year, like these actors and actresses have to they're commit to this for like 16 yeah. years. Well, that's, that's part of it. And there's also like maintaining interest in something like this. Cause in theory, if they stick to the books, you're about to not see Marina again for four years. Yeah. And I know, like, they probably mm -hmm. won't, and they'll keep her in the background, but that seems like a long time to keep an actress, like, well, on lock keep, without giving her a meaty part. They'll keep her in the background because... Um, they want us to, to die inside when she dies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In, in true Shonda Land form. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I guess I'm not... I guess I'm not looking forward to scenes of her and Philip being mopey twice a season. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that makes for good TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and especially since he ends up with Eloise. But who knows? They love the drama, so, but... It's less the drama and more the time away from storylines I care a lot more about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we'll see. We don't know what the... I mean, what they, what they <laughs> yeah. do. And I mean, we did a lot of speculating and we're very wrong, so... Yeah, <laughs> we were wrong about almost everything. Yeah, maybe Sir Philip ends up with the, the estate. Who knows? So, hmm. yeah. <laughs> Lane was just like, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not chill with Marina and Philip being related. Yeah. Weird. And if Philip inherits, that yeah, means they are. That's true. Or, Mar yeah, I, I, I don't know. But the, the um, I forgot what I was going to say. They did make Marina and Kate from the same place, though. They subtly hinted that Marina was from Somerset, and that's where the Sheffields are from. So I think that there's some going to be some sort of tie-in where we're going to see Marina more than we... Marina knows Kate somehow, or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Look, if that's how they tie her in, I'm fine with it. It's... I just think that if they're going to try to keep all these background characters introduced early and relevant, it's going to be, like, a tossed salad of people. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Every yeah. ballroom is going to be like background characters that you're supposed to recognize from three seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, I can already see myself watching it with my stepfather because he, he can never track anyone. He's always like, who's that person again? Who's that one? <laughs> who's that one, Megan? I'm like, okay, it's this one. Okay, okay. Um, my boyfriend kept calling Prudence and Philippa Anastasia and Drizella from Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Anything to keep them straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, I remember that, right? Yeah. You do you, boo. <laughs> yeah. There's something else that I, I was going to ask you guys. But yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of like that um, uh, Genevieve is Sophie. I really like that. Well, because Genevieve Delacroix is clearly not a real name. Yeah. So, like, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would really, it would be really fun, I think. And honestly, that. Sophie had run away and made herself a seamstress is a lot more fun than Sophie is an abused wet blanket. <laughs> true, true. She, she had to leave town because her... But like her, the, her stepmother was in town and she was going to prosecute her for stealing the, the diamonds or whatever. Right, and like, I don't want to criticize Sophie in the books. Like, that woman had nothing but tragedy happen to her and like, was making the best of her situation. But I do think I'm more interested in a character who says, like, you've given me lemons and I'm going to run the fuck away and become a seamstress. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Or, I mean, she can always go back because Araminth is like, hey, my kids are going to come out into this season now. Come make their dresses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, give me the theft if yeah. you make all their dresses for free. Exclusive designs. Or else I'm going to out you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and like she would have real leverage on her. Yeah. Once again, though, we got nothing right in our first round of guesses. <laughs> so while all of this is very fun, odds are slim, listeners. Odds are very slim. <laughs> I have a feeling that uh, Delacroix, Madame Delacroix, is not Sophie, but that's all right. Some people had, like, straight up asked her, and her avoidance on it was real good. So either she, I don't know, because they, like, she did a whole, like, 24 hours of Ask Me Anything, and someone was like, are you Sophie Beckett? And she said, my name is Catherine, her real name, and then she was like, and I I play um, Genevieve. Delacroix. And I was like, oh, she's <laughs> avoiding the question. I was like, that is good. Yeah. So we'll I see. like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm. Do you think we're gonna sit through a Smite Smith quartet? I was really disappointed when they were like, we're going to a concert and it wasn't a Smite Smith concert. I was Same. like, oh man. <laughs> They'll bring it up. They have to. You would think, but they have so, to. They have to. The mama you're talking about, or that lady, the one you think it's the Sterling mama. Uh-huh. I said, well, yeah. I want it because I just want my Smiths. I was like, that could be a Smith Smith mom. A Plainsworth or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently there are dozens of them. So <laughs> anyone in the background. <laughs> true. True, true. So I just want a Smith Smith somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know you're getting one in season four. Yeah. yeah, but that's too far away. Yeah, yeah, I want him to pop up now. Yeah, I know. Hmm. I want to see Iris. So we, so Lane actually re-listened, and she put down everything that we speculated on, and everything we got wrong. Oh, so everything. <laughs> so yeah, so I thought it would just be. Meg right. thought it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought it'd be fun to be like, yeah, we were wrong <laughs> about everything. Yes. Oh well, I mean, I guess we could talk about the scene. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, 
it definitely was better than in the book. Right. Yes. I, I was thinking about it later too, because in the book, I, I was literally just thinking about it because I remember in the book, she confronted him and he admitted it. And then she raped him knowing exactly what she was going to do. Yeah. I yeah, no, go ahead. I just, I think a, a quick summation is the book definitely presented it as a consent issue. And I think the show, in spite of it still being problematic and definitely arguably rape, and I'm not trying to explain it away, but I think the show more presented it as a birth control issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and if she didn't jump off and say, like, um, like. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Um, I saw opportunity and I took it. Like, you know. <laughs> um, I don't think as a viewer, you even would have known that that was what was happening in her head if she yeah. didn't outright say any of that. So. Well, and I was thinking of, have you guys read um, Cold Hearted Rape? Yes. Because that's, she does the same thing in that book, except she just can't control herself. It was so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the right. same thing, right? Right. right. Anyway, I, I was thinking it was more, it was more like, how it was presented in that book than it was in the Duke and I. Right. Yeah. It was just, well, I, I had, I have a friend. She's like, I watched it. She never, she never read the books Mm -hmm. and she didn't know it was such a big problematic scene until she Googled it. She's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was rape. I didn't understand that. I I mean, just removing the alcohol. Yeah. And it's him sleeping better. while she would, like, you know, like, purposely being, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it came up in Binging Bridgerton, too. I, I try not to say a lot of things, especially when it's, like, about those kind of issues, like, mm-hmm. sensitive issues. But I said something about contraceptives and stuff, like, and somebody agreed. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not in the minority. Or there's other people who think it's not as problematic as in the book. Yeah. Oh, we, we got to that whole thing where, so you're saying he can say, I don't want a kid, but he doesn't want to use a sheath, you know? Yeah. Right. So it was a lot about, like, like you said, contraceptives and using those. So. Yeah, I don't know enough about historically accurate contraceptives for that time period, how available or, like, known they would have been. But I think it, it, the sex did not start non-consensually. Yeah. And that change alone, I think, made it more about how to prevent pregnancy and the fact that they hadn't had an honest dialogue about that than her raping him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Upgrade. Also, man, Simon was hot. <laughs> <laughs> but Anthony looks like a young Chris Messina. I was trying to figure out why I'm so into him when, like, nothing is working for me with his character. It's because he looks like a young Chris Messina. <laughs> and I'm very into Chris Messina. So fine, both of them. My <laughs> God, I was like, "Thank you for blessing us with your ass within the first like forty-five seconds of the show." Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you. And then we see it again later. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I was reading like the first scene that Jaffney and Simon filmed together was the scene of him going down on her on the ladder in the library. Yeah. Like, nice to meet your co-stars. I know they did like a lot of training beforehand, but I was like, that is a heck of a place to start. Anthony and, Anthony and Sienna, the first one was the Redding Tree. That was the first scene. I mean, they wanted to get, get out, out of the way. way. <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's a very interesting directorial choice. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you like the Taylor Swift cover? 
Um, I loved all the music. The first yes. episode I was emailing, I was, we were watching together remotely yeah. with a chat app. Like, and so we could play and pause for each other. It was actually, it worked out really well. Oh, nice. But I was like, this is Ariana Grande. This is Ariana Grande. And they're like, this is Taylor Swift. I was so excited. I love the classical modern music. I love, like, honestly, it was very reminiscent of a night's tale for me. I don't know if you guys loved that movie growing up or watched that growing up. It's Heath Ledger in like fake olden times. Yeah. He meets Tasser. Yeah. yeah. But they, they don't do orchestral versions, but they play a lot of modern rock mm-hmm. in this, you know, historical world. Right. And I always think those touches are so important to make a listener relate. Yeah. Like yeah. I think it makes it so much more relatable when yes, you're listening to this beautiful string quartet, but it's quartet, but it's like a top twenty song. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, this was that equivalent. This isn't old and stuffy and they didn't view it that way. They viewed it as young and cool. And I love those little details. Yeah. yeah. No, it was so good. And um Simon saying that it was like um when you go to those balls is modern day Tinder, right? So the fact that they put like thank you next is like basically swiping left on mm-hmm. secrets. And I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> amazing that like they thought about that and then like they played in my blood when they were starting to get under each other's skin they played bad guy when simon is about to break it off with her like, well and that's taylor swift's sex montage was wildest dreams it was the part that wasn't real oh my god who is not dreaming of that like <laughs> <laughs> like we 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 posted a uh like a very that that snippet where he was like licking the spoon in that in the third episode we that was such romance novel fan service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so good. And that's why I, I love, like, that this, this is for women. Like, this is obviously, like, romance readers. And, um, yeah, we, like, gained, like, a thousand followers after that because people were like, oh, are we supposed to just post videos of <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I do not object. <laughs> So it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to discuss with you guys is that people who haven't read the books are so stuck on the fact that Penelope is not Lady Whistledown. Oh, they're what? They think she's not? Yeah. They think that she's assisting Lady Whistledown. Oh. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. no. I was just like, uh, and this, people who've read the books are responding like, no, literally go read book four. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So one of my friends who watched it and really liked it got that she was Lady Whistledown, but she asked me, how does a 13-year-old manage that? <laughs> and I was like, Pen is not 13 here. And she was like, that actress looks so young. And that's when I learned she was 34. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, but she was like, I just, is she even allowed to be like out alone? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, also she has a mother who just doesn't care. So, you know, yeah, that she- helps. Uh, don't forget to say um, bye to Penelope too if you want. Like, I was just like, dang. <laughs> you can go out as long as they promenade, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I found it very interesting that the, the last episode where, um, where they were almost catching her was also at a Hastings ball, which is mm-hmm. similar. And um, um, Eloise left the the Hastings ball in the middle of it similar I was just like okay they're like definitely setting it all up and then but yeah I we'll see how she actually because it was her dad passing away and it was the solicitor that Mm -hmm. helped her right so I wonder like how she came up with this whole idea 
and yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I listened to a podcast that's like, like they basically look at the filming aspect of, of, of Bridgerton. And they said it, they were like, either they have only two choices, either by the end of the season, they have to reveal who Whistledown is, because if this is based on books, anybody can, can find out who it is, mm-hmm. or they never reveal it at all. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like only two choices. So they, okay. they, but, and I like splitting the difference. They've revealed it to the viewer, but not to the ton, because I think that splits the difference. The number one thing that makes me very concerned about eight seasons as a romancing Mr. Bridgerton fan yeah. is there is no way they reveal Lady Whistle down to the ton before the last episode. You do not give up Julie Andrews narration. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and it obviously. Just becomes- it's just internal family newsletters, Lane. But just like when she's exposed, she clearly has to stop publishing. These, they're too revelatory. And, and right. you know, like there's no way the ton lets her keep publishing. So if yeah. you want to keep Julie Andrews narrating these darn episodes, you can't reveal who Lady Whistledown is publicly. Yeah. And that obviously is a massive change to Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Right. Hmm. No, I'm just thinking about getting rid of Julianne Shrews now. No, I'm worried about that. Cannot. <laughs> there is no way. There no. is no way. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> On one of the um, the live um, tweet thingies, uh, Tony was like, can we have Julie Andrews sing to the director? Yeah. And the director was like, noted. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe, maybe she'll sing. He's like, um, Tom Verica, he's like, does she sing? And I, I told him, well, anything happened. Anything can happen. Anything's possible. And he's like, yeah. Creative liberties. And he's like, shh. She doesn't sing anymore though, right? Like she had surgery that ruined her vocal cords and it's, yeah. Not like she can't sing like before. And she says she always has problems now when she sings. Yeah. It's like a whole aria or anything. Well, I remember when she did it in Princess Diaries 2, it was like headline news. Yeah. Yeah. And that was by Shonda Rhimes, which I was like, that's so crazy. What? Yeah, that was, that was a Shonda Rhimes production. <laughs> so when I said I've never seen a Shonda Rhimes production, I lied, because I have seen that movie several times. <laughs> yes, Chris Pine. <laughs> One of the better Chris's for sure. Yeah. Agreed. We have a thing. I, I, I'm, I'm Pine. There's a Hemsworth one. There's an Evans one in our group of friends. <laughs> <laughs> you were Pine. I love that you each had to claim one. Yeah. <laughs> pine. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm interested, though, to see what they do with Whistledown, I guess, at this point. Yeah. I mean, it'll continue at least for the next few, we know. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how and when they do the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since he like went on record saying he wants to do all eight seasons. Right. All eight books, I mean. Well, and I mean, maybe he's, maybe he has to say that so that the fans are happy. And then he's really oh, thinking, yeah, I'm just going to cut the last two. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it would feel like watching them grow up and they're still the, they still end up playing Gregory and Hyacinth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would have like, 
I feel some type, really... I feel some type of way about their sex scenes, you know? Like, <laughs> no, exactly. Really weird for me. I don't. Well, I would... talk about like gross momagering. You signed me for a role when I was fourteen, knowing I'd have to take my top off at twenty-four. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the the actress that plays Hyacinth, um, uh, Julie Quinn said the mom was like came up, came up to her after Julie Quinn signed the book for her, and she's like, she wants to read this. Should she? And Julie Quinn was like, no. no. <laughs> Do not let her. So. <laughs> I mean, she's 14. Look, I was reading worse than Julia Quinn younger than that. But yeah. as an actress preparing for a role. Mm. <laughs> you have a few years. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. Wait until you're 18. I mean, honestly, if I were, if I were one of the actors, I might not read the books. Hmm. You know, just like let it be, and then when I'm finished, then I would go back and read. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I know a lot of the actors have said they did read it, yeah. and I do think I'm grateful for that. Not because they read these books specifically, because I don't know how many of them had read a romance novel previously. True. And I do think this is such an homage to the genre that being yeah. ignorant of it, I think it'd be very hard to do this well. That said, I don't necessarily think knowing who these characters were in the book is pivotal. But I do think, like, getting the romance novel, like, like I said, that scene with the spoon and the ice cream was, like, straight from the pages of a romance novel. I think to understand those nuances, you didn't necessarily have to read these books. Yeah. But yeah. I hope they've read some romance novel That's before. Yeah. Right. And definitely the whole, like, rolling of the sleeves during the boxing scene and, like, Daphne almost having a heart attack watching. I was like, that's, a, that's part of it, like, that's romance, <laughs> historical romance, like, 101 right there. <laughs> we, we kept, so we, like I said, we watched it while we were chatting to each other, so we didn't, like, talk. But we kept writing just, like, romance novel, sister romance <laughs> novel. It was so great. Yeah, that was, that was a good scene. What did you think of all the additions, like the prince and the queen? Like, how did you guys take the stuff that wasn't in the books at all? I, I liked it. I liked it as far as, um, and once again, I also think it's very polarizing too, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of people that said the queen just got way too much time and the prince was unnecessary. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, he is so fine he can do it he can say all eight episodes <laughs> he can well, and I oh and that's what i want i want him to end up with edwina oh yeah, that's what i want because he's so Cute. he's so like nice and like so yeah i hope they bring him back next season and he ends up with edwina but yeah i i thought it was fine and i thought um how the queen helps um violet with the burbrook situation intentionally or unintentionally is great with the whole gossip thing and um yeah I, I i was okay with it did you guys did you guys like it or how did you guys feel i love the prince yeah. i thought giving daphne a viable alternative to simon who was more compatible with her mm-hmm. one was a really interesting plot to watch play out and mm-hmm. two in some ways validated that relationship in a way it never was in the book for me because i yes. kind of thought at the end of the book that like daphne and simon were two people who shouldn't have ended up together that like mm-hmm. if she had a viable alternative she might have picked it and been happier with it than going through this man's trauma where having that viable alternative and still picking Simon made it a better relationship to my mind. Right. Yeah. I, I liked that. Um, I liked the queen. I liked the prince. I liked most of the additions. Um, I hated the dad Featherington gambling storyline. And I thought Marina got too much airtime. 
those were my two like eh, I wish they hadn't done. well and like obviously the changes to Colin and Penelope but <laughs> I mean my my issue with Marina I said this on our other podcast about it but my issue with Marina is that I don't I just don't think it was well written like she was she, first she was acting all like all sweet and nice and then she like you know was all sad because George didn't write back to her and then she got all hardened and then she was like no I won't do it so she was like I'm gonna find anyone to marry and then yeah. Philip was like okay I'll marry you and she's like no and I'm like what what I'm like this yeah. this yeah. makes no sense she's like I'm gonna have some tea instead and I'm like why didn't you have the tea like three weeks ago you weirdo yeah yeah anyway <laughs> that's all I just felt that she was very inconsistent yeah she yeah she was but I think I didn't mind it only because like like I'm just thinking that that um I I I personally felt everything that either reviewers podcasters anybody has said about the entire series I think they listened to it like how they changed Burbrook, how Daphne never apologized for being alone with, with Burbrook, how, you know, like you just said, bringing the prince in and giving her a second really great option, but her still choosing Simon, you know, like, I think a lot of the things that we, um, and then even going as far as like, why the hell is Eloisa Spencer for so long? They made it very known from day one, she's not trying to be Spencer or, you know, and like the whole like healing of Marina, um, and her depression, and then Benedict being Benedict. So I think they just listened and 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 took all of that into consideration and put it into the story, which is really great. And um, so I I feel like they just wanted to show you her personal ups and downs because she was struggling mentally, you know. And then we'll 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 find out, I guess, more later. Yeah. But a lot of people ended up connecting with her, which I, I was like, this is true Shonda fashion you know, this is, I wish, yeah, I do wish that, I, I I actually think I really would have liked it, um, I didn't mind her being there at all, Mm -hmm. um, if she had, instead of getting, instead of the forged letter, too, I was like, oh my god, really, a forged letter, like, come on, (laughs) instead, if she had just read in the newspaper that he died, yeah, and that, you know, that was the catalyst. I get it. Like, at that point, I'm like, okay, you've got to do something else with your life now. Yeah. 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 But that's just, that's just me. <laughs> and I think also one of the things, too, is that people didn't like um, how Philip was with his kids, but now it's not his kids. So they're, they're changing that story as well, too and that how he's supposed to be super honorable and that is him season one coming in and doing like the honorable thing so is, is philip is philip gonna be a virgin hero now yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe that'd be awesome i'm, I'm not, like awesome. my new my new speculation i love that because he just never does anything with marina right yeah. but he's not gonna violate his marriage vows either yeah, but my guess is he's not a virgin hero, but he's going to have been celibate for the last 10 years. Yeah. I think you're going to get... No, I'm... Overall, I think they did all the Bridgertons, except Colin, hashtag Lane and Meg TM, um, <laughs> much better than they did in the books. I think they've got much better character establishment, but, like, there are things like Lord Featherington with the thugs... Yeah. It, it's, 
it does feel like, and maybe this is just the show making the show, the content its own, but it does feel like a lot of attention got paid to things that like, as a book reader, I feel ultimately don't matter. Yeah. So they're going to have to do a lot to justify the amount of time. Honestly, the amount of friggin' time in the Featherington house when it had nothing to do with Simon and Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, speaking of the thugs, uh, somebody tweeted um, Sarah McLean, and she was like, is this the Barnacle Bastards? Did they get into the Bridgertons? (laughs) I saw that. I saw that. We were saying that, like, um, um, Lady Danbury's, like, like that, that party that she had of all, like, the, the That wives. was so cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, a, from um, Sarah McLean, like, the um, rule of scoundrels, like, that, that back mm-hmm. room where all of the wives are. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know. I just felt like they did so much research. And uh, I think with the whole Featherington thing, I think they just wanted us to get really attached to Penelope and how she was treated and and you know all those things because she does have do you think they did a good job establishing her character for someone who's never read the books i think a lot of people came out of it also very polarizing they either hate her Mm -hmm. or they're like oh my god like she's the sweetest like she you know so it's 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 really like really i don't mean like or dislike i mean i didn't see evidence of her wit yeah but i think that's comparable to book one because I agree yeah okay she, fair you don't see her wit until she's in a comfortable you know until she's having tea with the Bridgertons right mm-hmm. okay fair yeah so and she's so young at this point like mm-hmm. 16 maybe 17 you know so mm-hmm. like she's she's still finding herself obviously that's why she you know everyone the people that don't like her didn't like what she did to Marina mm-hmm. and it's like that it was like her I know <laughs> I know, I know. But I was just like, uh, you know, it's hard when you are trying to protect the love of your life and you've tried all means and essentially you're the queen bee of the ton. Like, there's no other way. There's no other out, right? You got to figure it. Do what you got to do. Yeah, and she hated it. She went straight to Eloise and started crying, right? So. Aww. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I love that um the people that were like it's not Penelope it's not Penelope it can't be Penelope you know like she's not Lady Whistledown and then someone was like Colin literally calls her pen pen she writes with a pen (laughs) (laughs) subtlety thy name is not Bridgerton (laughs) we don't want it to be no (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually like I'm kind of mad like I don't want to wait till next Christmas oh no I know that's the worst part about this or like two Christmases if they don't start filming soon because they just went back into <laughs> lockdown in the UK they did. so like if they don't start filming soon we're do they have to film on location <laughs> well I mean the actors are all there <laughs> is there a green screen in like some country that's not in quarantine I don't know what they could do is take the um the great British baking show that route they had to quarantine together before they started filming mm. no they can do that yeah. but I'm that sure means McGregor and hyacinth because they have rules about kids working like that i mean there was barely any francesca they they'll, like, they'll, they'll put it in later <laughs> and they also like they don't film in the order of the scenes in the show they film yeah. in sets based on location and actors so like that's fine you just do all the gregory and hyacinth stuff post quarantine and edit it in yeah they're not going to be in palm mall anyway 
Well, Hyacinth has asked really? Anthony, and he's like, as long as you don't touch my lucky mallet, she was like, I'm going to go practice. And Gregory was like, WTF, because she's too young. So it sounds like they're going to add the two of them in. So. I mean, look, all the Paul Mal they can give me. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is the single best scene in this series. Bar none. I remember we were reading the book and Lane was like, I'm not into this. I'm not into this. And we finally get to Paul Mal and she's like, okay, I can finally see why Anthony's like, <laughs> maybe an interesting guy. <laughs> I loved that scene. I thought yes. that was like textbook great writing. Like it was so funny. It was. It was hilarious. I loved it. So they want to do a whole episode just called Paul Mall. I'm here. I volunteer. What can I do? <laughs> Go get I the know. balls. <laughs> the, 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 the people that we, I'm finding out like that have these like small jobs on these sets. I was like, why was I not told this as a kid that I can be Anthony Bridgerton's butt D-shiner? Like, like I would have actually followed what my mom wanted and went to cosmetology school, you know? Like, <laughs> so I can D-shine butts for a living or like, um, like I told you, set up your portfolio, <laughs> your butt portfolio. <laughs> And Ellen said that she has people that set, set up mood boards for her. I was like, I could have been a professional Pinterest person. Like, <laughs> why wasn't I told this? I would have went to college. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's crazy. I love it. If I was loaded, I would 100% just spend all my time trying to be extras on these things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if I had all the money in the world, like, I don't want to be famous. I wouldn't try to become an actress. But I would absolutely be like, where are you filming? Do you need extras? I can be there whenever you want. You don't even yeah. have to pay me. Just tell me what to wear. <laughs> I'll, I'll make my own costume. Whatever you need. I, I can provide it. Just <laughs> make sure that, like, you kind of see me from behind over Simon's left shoulder. <laughs> and I'm in. But then you have access. Then you're there. Yeah. I, I, was, I was saying that um, there's so many times when Simon's walking by, like, the actresses behind him are like, I was like, I don't think they were acting. They were really <laughs> like, like, damn. <laughs> he looked great. The, oh, my God. The, his outfits. Mm -hmm. yeah. Loved it. I loved it so much. I don't know how many times I, like, chatted to Lane. I was like, I didn't know I loved velvet. I didn't know I liked like the cravat that was tied under the shirt. I was like, I don't know what it is about it, but everything about the styling was like amazing. Yeah. If that show does not win an Emmy, I will be shocked for yeah. costume. That was, mm -hmm. and especially like all the articles I've read about how deliberate the incorporation of modern elements into Regency clothing was. And like when they veered from historically accurate, the reasons they did like clearly costuming and honestly, all the aesthetics mm -hmm. were at the forefront yeah. when producing yeah. the show. And I think it, you could tell it was, it was yeah. exquisite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. she, she had said that when they, when they approached her, they were, she was pretty much like, uh, what's our budget? And then, <laughs> and they were like, you tell us what you need. And then, so she, she read the pilot episode and then her and a partner, like, kind of like, just thought about it together, presented a number, and they were like, cool. Like, not, not. Didn't even... Daphne alone have hundreds of dresses? Yeah, they said that she had 102 dresses just by herself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think it went as high as like 114 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 
So it's like crazy. I'll take one. <laughs> right? right? Well, I mean, that silhouette's not really mine, but any of that jewelry you want to pass my way? <laughs> any men wearing those outfits you want to send my way? <laughs> With that part where she left that princess, um, the necklace on the thing, I was like, I was <laughs> screaming. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I was like, I, and it just shows you how, like, they just didn't have any concept of money, right? That that she had this like crazy diamond encrusted necklace and didn't care, just left it there. Bye. You well, know? I was gonna say they should have later had like a little thing of Cressida picked it up, and that's how she knew she was in the garden. Yeah. Some people are saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the necklace? Yeah, I hope it's in Cressida's <laughs> bureau. I love it. Who do you think Cressida's gonna end up with? Do you think she's gonna? Because they're saying she's super rich. In and and that was this it, one. In this, yeah, because the the mom was like Cressida has the dowry, but yeah, dowry yeah. has the face. Well, she ends up with what's his name, Twombi. That's, be her, that's her name later, Cressida Twombi. I hope. Yeah. I hope that's what they do. I don't want them to try to make Cressida sympathetic. Marry her to some old gross guy in the background and let her continue to hate her. Burbrook. No, I don't want her to end up with somebody that kind of gross. Yeah. I, I hope they really do. I hope Nigel has been written out. I think they handle it so much better than they did in the book. Yes. Bringing him back and making him a punchline background character, even if it is just to laugh at him, like, I don't even want them to do that. Yeah. No, there was, like, that one moment where they were kind of humanizing Cressida, and Lane was like, no, she's like, I just want to hate you. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't yeah. make her a nice person. Yeah. Don't give I her, her that depth. depth. I don't, I just want her to suck. Yeah. <laughs> She has that yeah. She's so good at it. She's so good. She's yeah. So good. Oh, and that like weird little braid crown they're doing with her that's like sort of a veil built in is so good. No. They, they, she's been posting her wigs and it's just like bows and like bird's nests and like, oh God, it's just crazy. That's a character I'd want to play. Oh, absolutely. Background character with crazy costumes who gets to walk in and say one mean thing and walk out. I'm like, yes. I really yeah, love I think it. this is one of her ladies in waiting that <laughs> that like is mean for one. Yes, episode. that'd be fun. That would be that'd fun. Be amazing, actually. So, so how I, much? No punch at people. I think for me, the most interesting thing, and we, and we talked about this a lot in our previous episode, but speculating on how much they were going to telegraph about subsequent seasons. And I do think we got a lot more Anthony and Benedict than I was expecting, but it wasn't really preparing their books. It was preparing their characters, which mm -hmm. I think was really cool. But so I guess, how do you think they're going to continue that into the second season? I think we're going to learn, I think Benedict is going to continue on his like art, art. And house parties. Yeah, and, and then at Delacour. some point in there, he's going to get bored of it. And, like, he's just going to be over going to these house parties, over the eccentrics, over, you know. And and I, I really, I, I was telling Tony, in the end, when Eloise was like, thank you for being perfect so I don't have to be, I feel like Benedict and Eloise as, like, the second son, second daughter both feel that way you know, um, so that, that, uh, but then it doesn't mean that they know what they want either. They're both very lost because, um, because they have, they, Benedict worships Anthony and you can see it and, like, mm -hmm. you know, and so I, I, I really like that. So I think they're going to, and Eloise is going to continue 
to be her. And and we're gonna see her getting her starting to get her proposals, right? She's gonna she's gonna come out and take the ton by storm when she finally has her debut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. I, and I, 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 yeah, I think we're gonna learn a lot more about Francesca this next season too. But she has like the perfect RBF, like excited face, um, regular face, non happy face, all the same. I was like, oh, <laughs> they they casted like the perfect girl for that, or she's playing <laughs> Francesca very well. So yeah, what do you guys think? I'm really interested in the parallels they're sitting up between Anthony and Benedict. Yeah about Anthony sort of deciding to settle down, right, as Benedict's deciding to find his true self outside society. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how much they play that up and how much of Colin's wanderlust then gets sort of thrown in as a third foil. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I'm interested to see, if I had to, like, blindly speculate, and kind of what I'd be interested in, is season two ultimately being really focused on the three brothers moving in different directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have a feeling Colin is not going to be there much in the yeah. second season. But I do think, like, if there was one through line of this season, I think it was women's ignorance about reproduction in the mm-hmm. era, especially the way they handled young girls between Daphne's, you know, obvious ignorance of how babies are made, Marina clearly not using protection, you know, Eloise and Penelope walking around basically speculating baselessly speculating about how sex works and like having to ask other people like I think that sort of like the way that society intentionally kept young young women ignorant was sort of the the theme woven through the whole season Mm -hmm. and if I had to predict I think season two will be the theme of like more or less young men who sort of didn't know what to do with themselves within the confines society places on them and I think that was really telegraphed to beginning this season but I think especially with Anthony giving up his mistress and Benedict taking on this bohemian lifestyle and Connellan finally leaving Manessa, as he always said he would, like, they're all embarking on new paths for them. Yeah, yeah. And I think definitely when Anthony found out about Genevieve and was like, do what you want, go after your heart, it was a kind of like a little foreshadowing for him and Sophie mm-hmm. as well, too. It's just, and, and yeah. And I, I'm ready to see, like, like heartbroken Anthony just like whatever just give me any debutante I don't care I'm gonna do this duty that my mom scolded me about and you know sire and heir because I can't have the woman that I I really do want like I'm ready for that yeah I'm ready for them fight I want to see that the bickering yeah yeah well, and you can already see, like, if it is at a house party, you wouldn't come to one of these with me, but here you are on the arm of X, like, mm-hmm. flaunting it under my nose. Like, you mm-hmm. can really see reason for him to be irate. Like, this is this is the reason you told me you couldn't be together. We're, we couldn't be together, and now you're here. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I don't want to wait a year. I know. This is why I don't, I can't watch shows because I get like this and then, and then I get mad and then I get mad. I'm like, forget, I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So. so true. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I I think Francesca and Eloise will come out together next season and I see Francesca being engaged by the end of the season to John. Which if you need John around next season, Featherington Air makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to convince ourselves that our idea was right, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we'll see. That's crazy. I love that we're wrong, though. Yeah. This oh, yeah. Have I have no problem being wrong. In fairness, a lot of the ads were intentionally misleading, which of course they were, but like the scene where Penelope's saying her maid's pregnant, we were speculating about who impregnated the maid thinking it would be a big mm -hmm. deal. And it turns out that was a giant red herring. She was lying. Like a maiden got pregnant. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I love that like when Eloise like burst in the room and was like, um, how does how does one become with child? And like and like, um, um, and she's—it's—it's it's not even a requirement to be married. And Daphne's like, "Wait, what, what? are you talking about?" <laughs> and then when she like sits down and she's like, "I'm—I'm I'm taking you guys now." And Colin's like, "Have you been to the farms?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that whole part. And and I think that was—that's always been Julie Quinn's strength—is like the kind of like wit and the banter between the family. So and that's. That. I think the best part of the show too. They've really done a great job staying true to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're gonna pull out our swords. 